a world of closed doors in spring. Uh, welcome back to Centered Subject, a show about the body, abstract and quarantined, occasionally merry, dancing. We're Yelena and Jenny, broadcasting respectively from Los Angeles and New York. Hi. Today we're discussing our lives as usual. <laughs> Some pertinent news and um, the framework for today's centered subject is, I guess, dancing while crying and laughing. Is that? I don't know. That might be you. Did that work? No, that me. <laughs> What's your position? Um, how being alone a lot doesn't necessarily have to be tragic, but it is kind of tragic sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like the same thing that I said. It is, it is. I just yeah. haven't danced. I haven't done any dancing, so I don't want to misrepresent sure, sure. myself. But yeah, you know, the laughing, crying, the surprise of the laughing, the surprise of the crying. Yeah. And how many weeks into the situation? For me, it's like four, six I don't know. I don't know. I think it's still February for me. I know. Well, that's a big one. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that. But I'm really trying to figure out how it actually makes sense that we really don't understand that time has passed. Mm -hmm. And so I think about it all the time. Then how do we mark time? How do we understand that time is passing? Do we understand time is passing by leaving our home and coming back to it and having events? But, but things happen. And yet time feels like it's not passing. Yeah, I think it has to do with being alone, actually, because I've been thinking about the memories being heavily made up of people. Mm -hmm. And so when my memories, current memories that I'm making involve essentially the physical presence of myself only, and so everything almost borders on a line of something fictional. Mm -hmm. I often find myself kind of looking at myself as though from the side, you know, and this kind of being both the subject and the object. Yeah, the narrator narrating the narrator. Yeah, and documenting. <laughs> so in a sense, it's not punctuated by other presence. Mm -hmm. And so it's ongoing and thus time doesn't move right i think it's like we have to our reality has to be punctured by others mm. and and by mysterious or surprising events unpredictable yeah something unpredictable i am every day i think i'm i'm trying to cultivate a sense of hope maybe of the unexpected to, to combat the monotony that's so depressing mm -hmm. but i don't know if it's a good idea because i keep you know i wake up and then i sort of consciously tell myself I'm like, well and <laughs> I think the first thought is that it's going to be another kind of day in, in my life of myself. And then I think maybe something exciting will happen. It hadn't really. It's funny how some really minute events then become exciting, though. Yeah, that's true. Like what? I mean, they're super minute. Like I ate a donut yesterday. Oh, that's pretty good. Actually, I'm impressed with that. And then someone texted me. I guess maybe two days ago, someone I hadn't heard from in a few months, a friend. So that was quite thrilling as well. You know, so just these like small, small gestures. Yeah. Um, they mark, they mark the day. I called a friend that I haven't talked to, I think, in four years. <laughs> nice. And it wasn't like an ex or anything, but it was a friend that I could not remember why I decided to stop speaking to him. He was one of my best friends. 
And I know that I moved from his neighborhood, which in New York is like a thing. Mm -hmm. And he was unwilling or unable to come visit in a central place. And there were, you know, interpersonal reasons why we didn't keep talking. But I really couldn't remember why we stopped talking. And throughout the whole conversation, I was sure that it would come back. You know, I would remember, I'd be like, okay, I forgive this situation. Maybe it was me, maybe it It never did. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's something about the quarantine that puts me in like essential mode. I mean, I just feel like I feel the love that I feel for him as my friend, you know, and it, and there's no, because I can't decide whether or not to visit him and he, me, like there's nothing on the table. Oh yeah, there's nothing to negotiate in a way. You just come with as beings. Yeah. And for some reason, I just don't care about that in the same way anymore. And I wonder if I'll never care about it again. I'm sure I will because I can be petty about like an over an hour train ride. But yeah, it, it was really interesting. We talked for three and a half hours. It was pretty intense. But that was a thing that happened for sure. Um, that was like an event. And the, the mystery of having no idea why we stopped talking. That's cool. Yeah. My plant grew a new leaf, which was very newsworthy. That's a big event. Like it felt like a present for my plant. So I thank it very much. I'm curious about the experience of people who are doing, you know, who are essential workers and have either really, really, really deeply stressful jobs like in ERs and stuff and on kind of mundane but mm-hmm. low-level nervous jobs. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. they're having the same experience. I, I bet they're having a totally different experience, but one that is I'm, – I'm conjecturing. So if anybody would like to answer this, I'd like to know like if, if the sense of time is totally different in another way, and I bet it is. It's just like getting through it, you know, kind of – like there's less ups and there, there's so much difficulty or nervousness that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I feel like it's the same thing of just getting through it. And, and maybe we're all kind of going through that in the same way. We're out of our control. Yeah. But, you know, it hasn't all been negative for me. Like that, I, that's what I wanted to talk about, that there's been these different ways that solitude has shown up and transformed. And I'm very curious about it. Um, and so I did a bunch of research on being alone and what it means to be alone. And then over time, we've been collecting some news items about <laughs> helping the alone. Yeah. And we have a guest interview coming up later as well. Yeah, I think it would be good to talk about the part about being alone. I am alone and I think it's been, it had been my biggest fear to be alone. Yeah. And one of the reasons was like I was sort of not exactly eager but you know I just left a long-term relationship last year I guess like about a year ago and then I floated around and then I started thinking about getting into some other relationship and the background of that is just not wanting to be alone because what if something terrible happens and you're alone Mm -hmm. and so I had some flings but I didn't really settle with anyone and I just came back to LA and all this happened and so it is kind of my worst fear that had come true but at the same time the fear is always I suppose scarier not always of course not always but in this case maybe it was scarier than what I imagined anyway yeah for me too it teaches you something about yourself and about your life. Well, there's reasons why we don't want to be alone as well, right? And we don't want to be alone with ourselves. Yeah, you feel really vulnerable and physically vulnerable. And worried about being bored, maybe. Like, what if you're bored all the time? But that hadn't happened, oddly. Like, that's the one thing that maybe hadn't happened. 
for the most part. Well, right. I mean, that's the one thing that I keep wondering what it's like for other people because I don't want to be bored by another person or have another person find me boring because just because we're stuck in this weird situation, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not really bored by myself. I keep finding other, lots of things to get into and I'm changing all the time and, and kind of moving deeper and deeper into whatever this is. I mean, not every day, but something is moving around and changing and I don't know that I would choose it, but I, I'm not going to give it back. You know, I don't, I don't know. So I wonder, I used to idealize and I definitely like looking at people posting stuff. Everyone seems so great with their families and everything. And I don't know, but now I don't, I don't idealize that anymore. That's a whole different thing, you know, and uh, that's a whole different battle they're fighting. (laughs) And I, I feel like something's happened over the last couple weeks where I feel like I've turned a corner or something or gotten I don't know. I kind of want to travel by myself now. I want to do this more and uh, in different places where I can engage with people and do stuff. Mm. But yeah, so how have you not gotten bored? I mean, too bored. Did you have like moments that you were surprised by that you're Well, one thing I think the last few years <laughs> I've been struggling with I just I thought that having a morning routine would be somehow helpful. I've been sort of a bit manic or frantic lately like the last year or so and um, I just thought it would be grounding, but I could never quite find the space or time to do it. But now that mm-hmm. I, ha- I have this problem where I think that everything is now at, mm-hmm. at all times and that it, there's not enough time consequently somehow. That's kind of my <laughs> internal feeling. So, but now that I'm, you know, mostly at home all the time, I just kind of explain to myself that there is enough time. You know, I've just been doing this kind of wake up and, you know, meditate and then drink a coffee, write in your journal kind of things. So that was like a, a concentrated effort undertaking, which took a lot of mental powers somehow. You have time, yeah. Yeah, just like understanding that. And then um, just just various, you know, I mean, I guess as an artist, I'm lucky to have an activity that I can occupy myself with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making objects, making, trying to make sense of things with that. And then right. like some occasional work and writing. And so... Yeah, I just combine, and then also kind of dreaming. It's based basically I've been another fun activity is coming up with different definitions of quarantine depending on your mood. So it could be like sadentine or dreamantine, or you know just any any number of things depending on the so daydreaming, you know, longing for some right person that's very far away in another locked country. Yeah, also fun activity, obviously. This reminds me of um, just really quick. I one of the movies that I watched. I wa- I mean, I watched a couple times, and then I watched all of the commentary about it. it was Picnic at Hanging Rock, which mm. you know I'm really into. Yeah, could you sum sum up for the listeners real quick the the plot? Oh, uh, Peter Weir, Australian movie, a uh, Victorian era. Oh God, trippy Victorian era seventies New Age possible alien mystery mm-hmm. there you go and there's just a moment where all these victorian girls like you know teenage girls in these white dresses and black socks and boots like are congratulating themselves and then cutting this heart cake and saying you know cheers to saint valentine mm, yes. <laughs> that's what i thought of whenever <laughs> with like pan like creepy pan flutes playing in the background so yes. when you were like Sad and tired. I was like, "Jesus, to sing." Sad that is exactly time. exactly what happens. That's how I on German Tine days I partake in the Valentine cake. That yeah. is what I do. 
And you cut it with a with a foreboding knife. Yeah, no, 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 I cut it with a quill, actually. No, an oh. arrow. An arrow Perfect. from Cupid's bow, obviously. Very good. All right. Okay, so I have this to, to, to ask you. So you've been working with bread and the gluten arts as an artist. Yes. Long before this happened. Some months before shock yeah, oddly. Mm-hmm. Can you try because I'm I'm gluten free. I have baked. I just don't get it. Why is everyone so obsessed with yeasts and breads? Do you know? Yes. Do you have a theory? I totally okay. know. I think, first of all, it's it's kind of primal, you know. Mm-hmm. It also involves sculpting. Like, it's very meditative. I think people sort of push in and out. And it's also kind of touch-based. It's very visceral. So people, like, mm-hmm. you know, engage with the flesh of the dough. And then it's also, I think there's kind of like universality about it. You know, I think there's like a chemical reaction. The sourdough things are popular, you know, like you see things percolate. And then you actually, like the transition from kind of this malleable matter to like a tasty, appetizing, delicious, crispy treat is so magical that I think it really gives an accomplishment mm-hmm. that you can like use to sustain. I think again, like it sort of connects to this kind of survivalness, you know, I can make a bread, I can survive, you know, I can, you know, I can make my own food. I can kind of like right. build my house, you know, it sort of connects to all these kind of things yeah. showing a skill, but some people are apparently competitive about it and that's apparently not, not good. Yeah, I know. I fucking hate that. The battle for the yeasts oh, yeah. and then the whining for the battle for the yeasts. I mean, maybe I would be in there if I, you know, was more bready, but yeah, the yeast. Do you have yeasts? No, store? no, I don't. Actually, I had some yeast and I gave it to a friend who bakes a lot, but he had always baked a lot. But I actually bake, um, I never really bake anything except for my <laughs> sculptures, oddly. But in these dire times, I thought I also learned how to bake something edible and I learned how to, I, I know how to make a single serve cookie. That's what I learned oh. how to make. So I can make a cookie. <laughs> One cookie for one person. See, I would have thought of that as like a sad thing. And now I think it's just very simple and no big deal. Like, I think it's it's very elegant, really, when you think about right. it. That's right. But too much power, I guess, to power an oven for one cookie, I realized. Problematic. Yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to play the pan flute sound from that film um, on the podcast at some point. So thank you for clearing that up because I've been wondering. Yeah. I get it. I, well, I also think time, because mm. maybe if we don't know what day or month it is, mm-hmm. we do know that the bread has two hours mm. or four hours, and we want to demarcate time with our bodies. So, like, we're hungry or we want to plan a meal for the future. So, that I'm like that with beans. Like, I don't know what day it is, but I know at what state the bean soak is, you know. So, mm. the bean clock is where I'm at now. Nice. And, yes, I have things to do. But, yeah. So, I get it. I think it's the bean clock. Yeah. And I kind of don't want to let go of the bean clock ever. And I'm kind of pissed that someday I might, you know, be on a different clock. And mm. Do you think you might miss the quarantine at some I, point? Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those Emily Dickinson types anyway where – where I really need a lot of time to process things. And I think I do need time by myself. And I have been doing that, you know, in the last couple of years, just going to grad school and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I know I'm like that. I don't really have FOMO, but I have fear of FOMO. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) and I love canceling plans. I love making really great plans 
being aware of really fun, like theater or something to go to and then not going and enjoying that. So mm-hmm. it's nice to not be involved in that thing. But um, I don't know. I also really like walking long distances and stuff and, and engaging with the city and everything. So I don't know. So I, I guess I have, I like it, but I also, you know, I also definitely hate it. I don't know. I, I have the same thing everybody has. I, or a lot mm-hmm. of people talk about where they want to be in nature and, yeah, go out. I don't know. I, I kind of want to go back in time. That's kind of what I've been doing is reaching into different times and spaces. But I had a bit, I mean, I just keep going back to winter, really. But then I had a dream about childhood today. So that was nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess having um, having quarantine dreams is a thing and FOMO. Well, people can still, people can you can still act that out on that urge a little bit by like fading from a Zoom meeting you know, <laughs> in portions. Right, right. No, I've been pretty good at. I'm. I'm actually excellent at attending Zoom activities. Oh, like, I've been flaking. Okay, I'm good. I mean, not social stuff. I don't. I mean, I don't flake on. I haven't flaked on that too much. But just like going to. I saw a really amazing theater show this morning, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I really attended. I like was early and very into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing that's happening. I'm noticing the art world and the performance world that I'm aware of getting more comfortable with the medium which is mm-hmm. crazy but very interesting and and innovative you know humans are innovative and we want to connect and make meaning and we learn and you can i could really see that you know over the last two or three weeks people have started to use their skills as art makers and as i don't know just connectors and and make stuff that's that's meaningful and beautiful and it's giving me a um, optimism about uh, what the kind of tools that we have to get out of a mess if we if I think we're going to be in a mess what we'll need to get out of it and yeah it doesn't make me feel as isolated so I guess I find it a bit overwhelming also how many things are happening right but I guess there's an audience for everything so I definitely do tune into some things and listen to some things yeah. watch some things um today I watched a bit of the Meshes of the Afternoon by Maya Darren. I've been really into dancing. Like, I mean, that's something that I've been doing in general. Like, a kind of my my way of exercising is sort of just dancing um, at various times of the day by myself. And now it makes sense, also because you know, anyway, gyms are closed. And but I've just been thinking about dancing and. She's a dancer. Mm-hmm. I love her. Born in 1917. And the film meshes up to, I guess it's probably one of the most famous films she made. And it takes place in Los Angeles. So it's in this mm-hmm. shot in this really stark, bright day. And so the shadows are really strong whenever they're, she's outside or whenever she's inside. And it's a kind of, you know, it's sort of a woman alone. And then there's a kind of specter. And then there's a key in the house and all these kind of things that are symbolic right now, you know, of the life at the moment. And mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that she shot it in 1943, you know, which was um, during World War Two, And that also got me thinking about just, yeah, the way that we process disaster. And again, kind of being in L.A., you know, mm-hmm. at the time, even though the war was raging on somewhere. And L.A. looked sort of the same as it did now. Wow. which is bright and sunny and, you know, palms glorious. And I recognized the area where she was, I think. I think maybe it was Echo Park somewhere. Yeah. And it's kind of a similar 
it's a similar situation in some way, for me at least. I'm always kind of struck by how this, the environment prevails, like I guess both the built and the natural. Yeah, I'd like to see you take pictures of uh, or do a video of yourself doing her shots to something like your, your version of the film. That would be funny. What articles maybe we wanted to touch upon today? Oh, the shopping during coronavirus. It kind of, I mean, I definitely have this urge to shop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to resist it. Yeah, me too. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think that's also about time. You know, when you put in an order, you have to wait for it. So you have something yeah. to look forward to in the future. And the self that you're going to be when it shows up. And I mean, you know, some of it is, of course, it, it works. I mean, everything that we have, we we got eventually the other new <laughs> new story that that i was really into is i haven't really witnessed it so i didn't do the proper journalistic activity but and with an e fans apparently were really active in waging the war against cancellation and somehow i thought it was so interesting because well people are often passionate about film tv and such right they really get involved in the narrative mm -hmm. but I think particularly now that I think people's lives are so steeped in these alternate universes mm -hmm. you know whatever series they watch and this apparently the fans were just <laughs> twitter bombing yeah. like all possible accounts and they like rallied together like a viral storm um, demanding that the series are resumed how divisive our culture and the zeal somehow the zeal the zeal of it all what has become of us <laughs> did they win did they get their did they get their show no i don't think so no i think they just blocked them they kept blocking them from from you know making their statements anyway that was interesting is why is it so interesting to me because people are so passionate why? i don't know you're more interested in Anne with any than the people protesting quarantine too I notice. <laughs> I think it's because they're so passionate about it. But I mean, actually, I'm really interested in the people protesting quarantine. Yeah, I kind of get them, I guess. But it's also tragic. Because they're bored. They want haircuts. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, though. I mean, a lot of, I, mean I think a lot of people like, are genuinely struggling. Um, I mean, I haven't received my check. Right. And I think a lot of people in situations with that check definitely begin to help them. And it's not, you know, it's just a system... Is so terrible the kind of social system here so people don't really feel taken care of or they don't feel really that they can trust the government and so mm -hmm. they kind of it's sort of a self-fulfilling situation here yeah. where people don't trust the government and then government behaves in a way that you can't trust it mm -hmm. um, and of course when you look at the bleach preacher in chief Nice. Um, you know, that kind of Yeah, thing. well, I mean, he loves that shit. So, I mean, mm. why? Yeah, I can't even, I can't even consider what's going on with that. I mean, it reminds me of how the, when everything was happening in China and we would talk about it, it seems so far away and impossible and tragic for them, but mm. mostly strange. Mm -hmm. And now being in New York, like the closer that it got to me, the more, you know, when I would know someone who knew someone who, definitely had it or know someone who lived with someone or lived near someone who died like once that happened 
it changed it for me like entirely. And I knew I could tell that maybe that was coming. And I think it happened here really fast or something. So, um, but there was a time when it was like, oh my God, you know, relinquishing life. But right quickly after we all had to go into quarantine, all the really tragic things started happening with the disease itself in New York. Mm -hmm. So I have this totally different thing where I can almost not understand what it's like to not under, you know, to not see the largeness of the of the disease, you know, because it maybe was so close to us and just in our face and it's smaller here and so many people got it and died and it's just but like I can I can imagine, you know, if very they think very few people have it and, you know, mm-hmm. they need money and, and they don't. Right. And in some states, um, the statistics are such, even though, of course, it's because they're not testing and it's like everywhere. Right. But, yeah, I'm curious about the next month. You know, I really want to know. Yeah, and I think people in general feel somewhat invincible. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen to them. Right, you know? I, we and were like that. I mean, that's how we yeah. were talking when it was in China. And you just it's just how yeah. you feel until it's close. And uh, that's a lesson for the rest of my life, I think, you know? Like, wow. I don't know what it is, but maybe when things are far away, you know, they don't seem as human. And um, remember? I mean, remember the bra, the bra masks no, and stuff? No, I do. Yeah. I do. And I still think it's... I get it now. Yeah, I still get it, but I still... And, I can sort of still understand people because they don't know that they should ask from the government. It's not, you know, it's, it's again, like how they feel, how they were brought up, how their, mm-hmm. their worldview is completely different. They're taught to like, I guess, pull themselves up by the bootstraps, despite yeah. the fact that they're paying taxes and mm-hmm. sharing things. But also they, they probably subconsciously just know that no one's going to help them. And mm-hmm. so they're kind of just trying to, I don't know, I don't really have a, I think it's a pretty... Livelihood and like roof over your head is also disease is scary, but I think a lot of people are also like afraid of losing. Yeah. You know, no, in LA, there are no the rental protections are really really shoddy. Um, every time that there's an attempt to protect the renters, the poor people, mm-hmm. um, the city council, you know, knocks these ideas down, and so yeah, I mean that's where we were before this happened, right? We were starting to have this big this battle of what where socialist ideas belong and how much, you know, what's happened to our society because of capitalism. The Great Depression was the thing that made all of these social programs mm-hmm. go into action. And it was because people right. got so freaked out and mad that that was put into place over a few years or over, you know, a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really bizarre time and recipe, you know, because things were not so good before, and yet they were pushing towards this conflict, and then this happened. So, yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's all, this is what it is. Six weeks ago, I mean, you know, and now we're like in this other other time. Yeah, I think it will it will last for a while, right? It's not it's not going to go away. Yeah, I mean, I do I do notice like a resilience myself and others and an ability to get through that's like growing slowly over time so I'm thankful for that and for what you know just like a community of people that I know and friends that are willing to change and open up you know I don't know Mm -hmm. you have you noticed yourself adapting 
in some ways. Well, it would be strange if I didn't play <laughs> no. after two months of being on my own. Yes, yes, they've been I've had to make some adjustments, yeah. Solo dinner parties, you know, solo cotillions, all the things. <laughs> you kind of are you're a good solo cotillion. Learning to make the one cookie. Um, yeah, I, I haven't ordered any shoes in a while, so that was an adjustment, bought yeah. any shoes. Yeah, I've had to really adjust. I have two quotes. I want you to order shoes. I'm, I feel uncomfortable if you're not ordering shoes because you've always Something done that. Something is wrong with the world. I know. That makes me feel weird. Um, okay, here's a quote from Stephen Batchelor, Art of... Art of I, didn't, I just realized his name is Stephen Batchelor. <laughs> The Art of Solitude. Um, he's quoting Montaigne, who he studied. Mm-hmm. I have seen nothing more weird or miraculous than myself. Over time, we get used to strange things. But the more I probe myself and know myself, the more my oddity astonishes me. And the less I understand who I am, mm-hmm. the more I probe myself. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, there's some good ones about the desert. I don't know that I'm in a desert. If you were going to use a metaphor for what this experience is, like what kind of environment would you put yourself in? I don't know. I already feel like I'm in a metaphor, though. So I think <laughs> I can't even go. I don't know how much further I can go. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're, I'm, yeah, I'm in a dollhouse of myself. Yeah, totally. That is a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, here's another one. Here's a Buddhist quote. When Buddhas don't appear and their followers are gone, the wisdom of awakening bursts forth by itself. Oh, my goodness. I love that. So we, the wisdom just exists. Yeah. That, I've, that's what I've experienced in, nice. my, in my solitude. Yeah. I, I thought it, I didn't know, and all these different things would sort of yeah. burst forth. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I wish a Valentine would burst forth, but they, they shall. An ode to Saint Valentine. <laughs> yeah, but wisdom's okay. Wisdom's good. Yeah, it will burst. Wisdom forth. is more. It's more important, and it's good to know that it exists. Yeah, it flows, flows like water. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, the grain. So I was because I was thinking about. You know, laughing and crying. And I've been doing both. I reached out to my friend Flora Wesley Wesley in London. And she's a dancer. And she's recently started teaching a Zoom workshop, I think it would be, in which you do these movements and exercises that cause you to laugh, sort of, or you produce laughter. And yeah, so I reached out to Flora and I joined her laughing laughter session and then we had a little chat. Hi, Flora. Hello. <laughs> hello. This is like a third time we said hello to each other today um, because we did a, a laugh exercise together. And so that was our first hello. Yeah. And then... We made tea and reconvened. And that was our second hello. And then we started mm-hmm. our recording the hello number three. Yeah. And now it's just the two of us. And before we were a group of five. Yeah. So Flora and I, well, I'd rather Flora organized these um, laugh sessions. You call it Laugh Time. And I yeah, joined I'm in. Kind of working on the title. Yeah. Laugh Time, Laugh Time. <laughs> But yeah, so I joined in for um, essentially it's a, it's a kind of workshop I I would say via Zoom, 
um, floors in London. I'm in LA. And we did about 15 minutes of kind of bodily and giggly, giggly exercises, laughing. Like, we sort of, like, it was interesting. We kind of laughed by ourselves, but together. Mm-hmm. How did you arrive at the idea of um, laughing? Well. In an organized way. <laughs> I suppose, well, personally, I've had quite a lot of time on my hands in lockdown. I've also been lucky to have a little bit of access to a studio where um, I did some dancing around. I'm a dancer, but I also, I kind of slightly tired of dancing. Dancing on your own, oh. it's, it, you know, like it's invigorating and, you know, you go through different moments in a day of, of energy and, yeah. and lack thereof. <laughs> Yeah, I I just found myself slightly looking for a different kind of outlet. I've been interested in like quite a lot of different kinds of performance for a while. So I've also done some kind of clowning in the past. And mm. so I started dipping into this clowning exercise that I was taught by a guy called John Davison, which is basically, it's kind of simple. It's like the task is to laugh for up to 10 minutes. Mm you can manage it um, preferably every day and for the purposes of the exercise to consider that like real laughter and fake laughter are, are as good as each other mm. so so real laughter is kind of involuntary right spontaneous it can feel more authentic and then fake laughter is optional you know you're, yes you're opting to, <laughs> it's to laugh it's it, it, it's it's voluntary you certainly can't force people to laugh it's like a choice I'm choosing to laugh because I'm interested as a performer and where it takes me and it's also quite interesting that if you are doing it on your own and and one option as well is to do it in front of the mirror Mm. if you want to go further you can do it yeah do it naked yeah oh that's a good idea (laughs) that's funny I live alone and I have a big mirror in my bedroom and I woke up this morning and, you know, I was changing clothes and it was just, yeah, it was, that would have been an interesting activity. I was just contemplating. I was really close to the mirror, you know, and there was like a double of myself and then I touched the mm-hmm. mirror and so we really formed a kind of unit, you know, like as though mm-hmm. it was another person. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like quite a crazy thing to do. There's one image of someone laughing on their own where they might look kind of mentally unwell but no one would see you then how would they know really no 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 but if you're sort of choosing to do it as a well-being yeah. exercise it's obviously a different kettle of fish even looking at yourself <laughs> yeah yeah but it's it's still unfamiliar strange feels a bit odd and yeah it's like it is it is forced so so it's interesting that the kind of work that takes and and then the surprises actually that yeah that it was an interesting experience for me because I was at first kind of, you know, it just got me thinking about that because I live alone and I do constantly have to provide sort of self-amusement. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, laughing, I really love laughing. I love laughing at people's jokes is really um, something I like to do, but not kind of, not maybe something on TV, but like really in like real life interaction, you know, and I'm, I don't really have that right now. I mean, Zoom mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. But so at first I was like, oh, this is kind of a training for like, how to just amuse yourself in a way. Yeah, like you said, just yeah. laughing by yourself. And then and then it was interesting too, because as we did the exercises, some of them felt like I was really, you know, performing at the action. But then I would 
kind of have this glimmer of being aware of my like the absurdity somehow of laughing and that would actually make me laugh you know mm. there was a moment in particular when we did um so there are different gestures and kind of prompts that flora gave us and and one there's like involved thumbs up basically and then the thumbs up somehow just got me really cracking up like there was just something because it's also yeah there's just something about that kind of behavior that you do with others and suddenly you're kind of doing it all it's a conversation with yourself and you're kind of laughing at yourself mm-hmm. it was really nice it would be it kind of reminds you of, of not taking yourself too seriously or something anyway i really like navigating that line between you know doing the exercise that somebody tells you to do and then kind of catching yourself doing the exercise and kind of seeing yourself mm. and finding it funny there is one sort of school of thought which is like it's not about being funny it's just dipping into the mechanics that's yeah it's that sort of bears fruit but I'm kind of I question that because what I really enjoy is how I think I feel like I make I'm enlarging the potential Mm. for me to find myself funny Mm. you know and be amused by others and yeah that's not about then like no judgment on on what then happens but yeah it's kind of like a nice getting to know myself and there are there for me as well there are different things that kind of get me and it, that's unpredictable and like what what's an example like what what's like a recent thing that got you okay so when I've been practicing by myself there's there's a slightly like well one there's like this sort of cack there's a cackle there's a kind of a <laughs> <laughs> it's quite hard to act to pinpoint but it's like a <laughs> oh it, it's quite <laughs> I'm it now, but, but basically like certain archetypal like yes it's like, I was going to say it's like so Hollywood somehow you know like yeah like 1950s Hollywood yeah and and then there are some that do feel quite like Jake's and that it is perfectly possible to reference Bart Simpson by going is that Bart Simpson? No, it's another kid in the class. But I don't think, I don't think, you know, if you look at like the laughter yoga university, there they're going, it's it's not about the jokes. Like you don't want to have to rely on mm. comedy or like humor. But I, I still think there's something about tickling people with the physical prompts. Like, yeah. although I don't know a great deal about it. But. Well, I just, I think there's the less rigidity in the school of organized Googling the better <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do hope we won't get too uh, pedantic about <laughs> just how we approach and why laughing although yeah I, I mean I guess like any subject is kind of complex and the fact that the mechanism for laughing is pretty similar to the mechanism for crying and if you do do <gasps> laughter oh you're probably likely to cry at some point cry of laughter or like really just just cry I did that today. I find myself at, at the intersection of laughing and crying so often, you know, and I could really go either way. And sometimes, like, somehow both are possible, you know, like laughing and crying. Mm-hmm. It's also like, you know, maybe an Eastern European thing that's like a really part of their culture. Like, but anyway, but yeah, that's interesting that they're both. I like the idea that of creating a class where it would be all right if that happened, although. It's a bit heavy to sort of suggest to people that they might cry in the next fifteen minutes when you're when you've invited them along for a happy meditation. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, 
Yeah. So pretty pretty healthy to kind of within a pretty safe container, just turn on the tap. I also wanted to quickly broach I mentioned I came across this funny line um in an article where they were discussing well also interesting, la- laughter is viral kind of, right? When you see people laugh or you hear them, you kind of laugh along it really gets you Mm. somehow I feel Mm. like I think they can kind of go a bit either way I think it's possible in some instances that it can feel a bit exclusionary and there can be reactions where you think people are laughing at you or like oh yeah you're you're somehow like missing the joke but broadly I think yeah yeah it's um pretty contagious I guess I mean I guess also you can think of the kind of the the conventions of you know TV comedy where they have that canned laughter, I guess it's there to cue you or to encourage you. Yes. Just thinking, I guess I was thinking of like the laughing as kind of a contagious thing. And then I saw this line, this virologist Hendrik Strick um, in the University of Bonn, he said that one pattern we're seeing across the globe is that wherever there was singing and dancing, the virus spread more rapidly. Anyway, and then hmm. just, I just thought it was interesting it was... Yeah. Such a social. The conclusion of that is that you shouldn't laugh and I mean, you shouldn't dance and sing. And I guess laughing just comes to me, even though he didn't mention it. But I was like, merriment. I guess I was thinking merriment and like public merriment is is like not allowed. Yeah. I mean, when I read that, I was I was almost a bit surprised that someone had had the nous to like pick that out as a as an activity as a category for analyzing. You know, like societal yeah. characteristics. Do people here sing and dance? I was like, it's not like, you know, the pattern is where people commute, the virus spreads more easily. That wasn't it. No. Yeah, no. That was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking it out of context a little bit because they were talking about how I think in Germany there were festivals, but still, still that line, still he categorized it. I think, yeah, the fact that he took it. Because it's like, yes, it's one instance where people on cruise boats. Yeah, you can just categorize it. It's, it's, it seems really interesting that that happened. Yeah. And I suppose people do gather. Why, why do people gather? They gather together when, yeah, I guess, when they need to work and when they want to play. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, he should have said it's really dangerous for people to go to work because... Well, like I just been saying, <laughs> I don't know. You're like, why dancing and dancing and singing, like typing together is yeah. So yeah, um, I was in my local park in East London two days ago, and there are some volunteer park rangers who are sort of helping to basically enforce these social distancing measures. Here at the moment, we're allowed to go out for one piece of exercise a day. And I was dancing in uh, the middle of like a green area and there was no one else around. And but yeah, basically a park ranger came up to me and said, can you please stop dancing? It's not allowed. You're only allowed to jog or walk or stretch. Discrimination. And I've never, my heart slightly broke. I and I protested a bit, but then I realized this is just a volunteer. I nearly volunteered for this role. You know, there was in my head. I was screaming, "This is so draconian! I'm having my liberties taken away!" And like, wow! Literally, that's prohibiting dance. But then I hear this this piece of uh, insight. 
oh. about the, the the pattern. Oh yes, yes. Of of transmission <laughs> in, in cultures where people are dancing and singing, and maybe it all makes sense. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. you must have read the same article. He <laughs> was like, "Oh no, the dancing is beginning. <laughs> Stop it." But 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 it is possible. I mean, I, I'm maybe online platforms. I mean, it's an interesting thing that there's there's pros and cons to things like Zoom, where you've got this interfacing, yeah, live interfacing, and you've got the potential to connect. But also, it is a bit weird the self consciousness that performing to camera, because it is a form of that, yes, can create. And I've had questions about whether you know today in the start of the session I said you know if you want to turn off your video camera please do like you can still see me mm -hmm. orally we can still connect like we're gonna you're still kind of participating and I think it's just worth I don't know maybe it doesn't set quite the right tone I, I haven't quite figured that one out yet but just acknowledging that it's a thing to be mm -hmm. recorded and it's quite intimate in its way especially in people's homes. Yes. But it is also really fun when you do embrace the the platform and you are like waving to camera and gesturing to each other and it feels like a as close to connecting through eye contact and that as yeah. as you can kind of get virtually. Sure. I agree. There I mean I I really like the there are a few messages that you can turn off your personal video. I guess you can do it here now as well if you record. But yeah, I I mean there is something in positive in that fact that I don't think I would have joined your laughing class had it been before Zoom had really forced itself into our lives. So, And I don't think I would have tried to lead an online laughter session <laughs> outside yeah. of this context either. Uh, <laughs> although, although I think they have existed before now, obviously. Yeah, interesting where it takes us. Well, thank you, Flora, for joining on a centered subject and laughing um, helping laugh. <laughs> thank you very much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for coming <laughs> to the Infinite Digital Zoom Room. Give the naked laughing in the mirror a go. Tell me what you make of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's advice to all the listeners out there. So, yeah. <laughs> Find a mirror, get naked, have a giggle. It's about appreciating our inner ridiculousness. We're all the same. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, what do you think about the policeman, Jenny? Yeah, I don't know. Mirthful activities should be restricted during these times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you agree? You agree oh. with his position? Oh, my God. Public, public mirth um, is Not allowed. frowned upon. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we must be, you know, uh, I come from some Quakers, so, yeah, we should be really, not that they don't laugh, but, yeah. Did, we you don't be, think you could have a tragic dance? Oh, you know, I would love to have a tragic dance in the park. You know me. You're right. Yeah, with like a veil. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, do you think veils might come into fashion? Because I've been really wondering. Well, yeah, I mean, we're... Because masks and then the veil. I feel like I should wear... I'm, I kind of want... Masks I'm not sure about, like how aesthetic. Although I have found this beige mask 
which is nice because it kind of blends with the color of my skin. And so it just looks like I kind of naturally don't have a nose and a mouth, just eyes. Yeah. But then also, I think if you put a veil over it, that it like would really make the effect interesting. You know? Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would be like someone blurred on a photo or something. Um, you also have a beige bathing suit, you said once. So it's true. All those things together. I feel like you have a summer summer outfit planned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, do you have your summer outfit planned? Yeah, apparently I'm just gonna be like <laughs> an Edward, a weird Edward Gorey figure in a park by myself, oh. just like slowly dancing. Yeah, he has some really good outfits in his books. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll post, maybe we'll post one on Instagram, like the best one. We'll find the best one and we'll post mm-hmm. it on Instagram. So follow us there. You know, centered subject Instagram podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And anything else before we wait? No. 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 Okay. I think but, we covered it but all. But I wish, I wish everyone some strength and calm and, yeah. you know, uh, patience for the wisdom to burst forth. Totally. Don't mm-hmm. drink too much coffee. I find that that's not that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> one advice oh, I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I see if you can find things that smell good and put them around you that always very good idea yeah helps me yeah yeah cool okay cool all right we'll we'll still hear you'll you'll and us we will together again (laughs) yes sometime okay bye